This podcast is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The Westinghouse frost-free refrigerator completely eliminates the disagreeable task of defrosting. Now, that means that you never have to take your frozen foods out of here because the frost-free defrosts itself so quickly that the frozen foods stay safely, steadily frozen all the time. With the arrival of commercial refrigeration in the early 20th century, the revolutionary invention would soon find its way into the homes of millions of people around the world. The freezer, as it's commonly known, hit the public marketplace after World War II, transforming the way households stored their food. In combination with the everyday refrigerator, perishable food was lasting longer and longer. The mass production of frozen items increased exponentially, giving families the freedom to whip up whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted it. But over the years, the humble freezer has been used for much more than simply keeping TV dinners and ice cream frozen. In fact, what some people choose to keep in their freezers might surprise you. From toys to clothing, documents to weapons, the old icebox can be a veritable treasure trove of inedible items. But one woman decided to take the principle of lateral thinking to a whole new level. In late November 2019, the neighbors of Jean Saron Mathers became concerned when they hadn't heard from her for several weeks. The 75-year-old had lived on her own since her husband Paul walked out on the marriage some 10 years earlier. He had moved to California. That's what she told her sister-in-law, anyway. Jean continued to live in the apartment the couple had once shared in the quiet town of Tuella, Utah. The neighbors thought she was pleasant and considerate. Many of them knew her, as she didn't drive, and relied heavily on others to take her to medical appointments. So, when no one in the retirement village where she lived had seen her for some time, police were contacted. They soon arrived to conduct a routine welfare check, but given Jean's age and health issues, officers knew it was possible she had passed away. When they entered the apartment, they found Jean lying in bed. She had passed away days earlier. There were no signs of suspicious activity, so police began a search of the apartment to confirm everything was in order. Having lived on her own for the better part of a decade, officers didn't expect to find anything out of the ordinary. But when they opened the freezer in her utility room, the entire situation became a lot more interesting. My name is Eric Crosby. Welcome to True. Police are describing this as crazy and weird. They say on Friday, one of the maintenance workers here at Remington Park's apartments gave them a call for a welfare check on one of the residents. Now, when they arrived, that's when things got strange. They found not one. Inside Jean's freezer was a large object wrapped in garbage bags. It looked to officers that whatever it was, it had been there for some time. When they tore a hole in the plastic to check out the contents, the first thing they saw was a human foot. It was clear that the rest of a body was inside, curled up in the fetal position. 
As authorities inspected further, they found that another garbage bag had been wrapped around the person's head and duct tape tightly wrapped around their neck. But who was it? And how did they end up there? New details on a bizarre story out of Utah. Police say a man found dead in a freezer last November. When the autopsy was conducted, authorities found not only that the body had been completely frozen for approximately 10 years, but the person was somebody everyone thought had taken off years earlier, Paul Mathers. Jean had been telling everyone that her husband had walked out and moved to California. She said the last time she saw him was after his last visit to the Veterans Affairs Hospital in February 2009. So, instead of enjoying the warm sunshine on the West Coast for the last decade, her husband had been frozen inside a chest freezer. The autopsy could not determine whether the garbage bag around Paul's head had been placed there before or after he died. Unfortunately, it also could not be determined exactly what the cause of death was. But, according to reports, asphyxiation was not ruled out. Authorities did manage to narrow down the time of death to sometime between February and March 2009. Investigators also concluded that, in the months before Paul's death, the 69-year-old had been living with terminal cancer. While he was only expected to live another month or so, the toxicology report showed lethal amounts of prescription drugs in his blood. Jean may have died of natural causes, but wrapped up in plastic garbage bags and pumped full of medical narcotics, it looked like her husband certainly had not. Clearly, Jean's story about Paul walking out on her was pure fiction, but were things as sinister as they appeared? Had she actually committed a murder? It would take a month before investigators provided some answers. New at 5, police have now finished an investigation into the deaths of two elderly people in Tooele. A letter, reportedly written by Paul, was discovered at the apartment. It had been notarized in early December 2008 and read as follows. To whom it may concern, I, Paul Mathers, a.k.a. Paula, being of relatively sound mind and cancer-ridden body, make the following statement. I am aware that with my heart condition, the Lortab's hydrocodone will eventually stop my heart. It will not be deliberate as I am not ready to leave my wife. Jean has foiled my actual suicide attempts. I want it known that Jean is in no way responsible for my death, although that will be what my drama queen mother will claim. My mother Zeta can get on with her life without having to acknowledge that I, her firstborn, am a TG. It was signed Paul E. Mathers, a.k.a. Paula E. Mathers. The abbreviation of TG in the letter stands for transgender. Paula's letter appeared to be an official attempt at effectively clearing Jean from any involvement in their death. Detectives wanted to speak with Paula's mother, Zeta, but learned she had passed away almost two years earlier. As the investigation continued, Authorities found that Jean had continued to receive her deceased husband's VA and Social Security payments until she died. Over the years, the benefits amounted to almost $200,000. Given the terminal illness and the notarized letter, authorities started to believe the couple had planned the whole thing to ensure Jean would keep getting the income.
In an effort to verify the signature on the letter, police located the person who notarized it. But according to reports, the notary was unaware of the contents of the document and could offer little assistance. So, with the Utah Medical Examiner's Office listing the cause of death as undetermined, the manner of death as unknown, and most importantly, everyone involved deceased, the case, excuse the pun, went cold. While technically the file is still open, more than a year after the macabre discovery, police went on record stating that they never expect to find answers. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Jean Saron Mathers wasn't the only one who thought a freezer could be used for storing more than just bags of peas and pierogies. In February 2019, two people were checking out a property for sale in Dillsburg, Pennsylvania. The abandoned house had been foreclosed and was being sold by the bank. As the pair of interested buyers wandered around the premises, they came across an old shed. Inside was a cold storage unit. It was unplugged and looked like it hadn't been used in years. Opening it, they found a bunch of blankets covering something. Under the blankets was a human skeleton, wrapped in several garbage bags. Horrified, the pair called police. The investigation that followed would take over a year to resolve, and would uncover a really curious story. As authorities looked into who the remains were, they located the previous owner of the property, 61-year-old Cynthia Black. Cynthia had bought the house in 2007 and lived there with 55-year-old Glenn Black Jr. When they fell behind on the mortgage payments, the bank stepped in. In 2018, they left the house behind and relocated. For well over a year, the home's grisly secret remained undisturbed. At the time, authorities had no idea if Cynthia was involved or if she even knew the remains were there. But police wouldn't have to wait long before they had some answers. When detectives interviewed Cynthia, it emerged that she knew exactly who the remains were in the freezer. Her name was Glenora Delahaye, and she was Cynthia's sweet little 97-year-old grandmother. DNA testing would later confirm this. With just the bones remaining, it couldn't be determined how she died but there didn't appear to be any trauma to the skeleton. Cynthia Black told police that when her grandmother's health declined, she moved in to take care of her full-time. She said that in March 2004, three years before moving to Dillsburg, she found Glenora had passed away in her sleep. At a respectable 97 years old, there would have been nothing suspicious about her death. But instead of calling the funeral home like most people, Cynthia had other plans. She carried her grandmother's body down to the basement and put it in the freezer 
Irrational behavior motivated by the shock of losing a deeply loved member of the family? Yeah, no. It was all about the money. Cynthia claimed that she had become dependent on her grandmother's assistance income to pay the bills. Incredibly, she continued to receive the Social Security payments for years until they were suspended in 2010. Curiously, no one ever asked any questions about what happened to Glenora. Perhaps it was because Cynthia and Glenn were considered less than friendly by neighbors. When they decided to move to Dillsburg three years after Glenora's death, the freezer carrying her remains was loaded onto the moving truck along with other boxes and furniture. In May 2020, Cynthia was finally arrested and charged with theft, abuse of a corpse, and receiving stolen property. Her bail was set at $50,000, and as of July 2020, she was still waiting to appear in court. A York County woman is accused of hiding her grandmother's body in a freezer while collecting her Social Security payments. Cynthia Black tells investigators she found her grandmother dead in their Ardmore home more than 16 years ago. She put her body in the freezer then, and then when she moved... And how about your frozen things? Oh yes, there's a place for them too in this big, big food freezer. Even your ice cubes have a special place for storage, right here. And watch how they get there. You just take out a tray, turn it over, and push. You get a shower of ice cubes all frosty dry and ready to use. It's not always something as shocking as human remains that are discovered in frozen storage. There's no question that some people consider the freezer a creative hiding spot to stash all kinds of things. Take the case of U.S. Congressman William Jefferson from the southern state of Louisiana. At first glance, nothing in the icebox seemed out of the ordinary. Sometimes, though, you have to look beyond just the frozen pie crusts. As a young man, William Jefferson studied hard hoping one day to make a difference in his community. Graduating from Harvard Law School in 1972, he started as a clerk for the U.S. District Court of Louisiana. At the same time, he was also serving as an officer in the U.S. Army. His hard work paid off when, in 1979, he was elected to the state Senate. When he ran for a seat in the state's 2nd Congressional District in 1990, he won that too. The following year, he was off to the U.S. House of Representatives, making history as the state's first black congressman since the end of the Reconstruction era. Things could not have been going better for Congressman Jefferson. He was highly respected by his colleagues and warmly regarded by his constituents. Through years of public service, he had established himself as an honorable, trustworthy person. So why would anyone suspect him of being a cold-hearted criminal? In mid-2005, while Jefferson was still a sitting member of Congress, a scandal erupted that brought some unwanted attention to Capitol Hill. Reports began surfacing that a Kentucky-based IT firm had paid a government official close to half a million dollars in bribe money. In return, the official would use their influence to secure government contracts, not only in the U.S., but internationally. The IT company was eventually charged with conspiracy to commit bribery, 
at which point a key suspect turned state witness and agreed to fully cooperate with the investigation. The FBI knew exactly who the government official was. They just needed proof. That would come in July 2005, when, unbeknownst to Jefferson, one of the cash drops was being recorded on video. Not only that, but the contact was wearing a wire and captured some pretty incriminating conversation. During the meeting, the official is recorded saying that he needed $500,000 to bribe a politician in Africa if the IT company wanted to do business there. That discussion was happening at the same time the government official was receiving a $100,000 payment of their own. Like a TV drama, all of this was being played out while the FBI recorded everything. The star of the show was none other than Louisiana Congressman William Jefferson. When federal agents executed a search warrant of his home a few days later, they hit the jackpot. Authorities removed $90,000 in cash from the freezer that day. They were broken up into nine stacks of $10,000 each, and like the frozen fish that shared the same space, each one was wrapped in tinfoil. Nine months later, in May 2006, the FBI raided the congressman's office and not long after charged him with 16 counts related to corruption. The list included bribery, racketeering, money laundering, conspiracy, obstruction of justice, and wire fraud. In June 2007, he was indicted by a federal grand jury on all charges, but despite all the evidence against him, he took his chances and pleaded not guilty. I am innocent of all of the charges that have been leveled against us, and we are going to fight my friends, my lawyers, my allies, and my family. Did I make a mistake in judgment along the way? Yes, I did, that I deeply regret. But did I sell my office or conduct official acts for money? Absolutely not. As the court case proceeded, politically, things went from bad to worse for William Jefferson. After serving nine consecutive terms in the U.S. House of Representatives, he was defeated in the 2008 general election. Louisiana Republican Joseph Gow beat out indicted Democrat William Jefferson over the weekend. That election was delayed for a month because... With his career in politics at an end, the start of his trial was fast approaching. In June 2009, the case went before the U.S. District Court of Virginia. He argued that he was actually working with the FBI, that the money was all part of their plan, and that everything would come to light during the trial. After a firm denial by the Bureau and all the evidence against him, in August 2009, Jefferson was found guilty on 11 of the 16 charges. He made history again when he was sentenced to 13 years in prison, the longest sentence ever imposed on a U.S. congressman. Former U.S. Congressman William Jefferson will uh, is set to report to federal prison for 13 and a half years. Jefferson will be housed at a low-security prison in Beaumont, Texas. The disgraced former politician was released in late 2017 to a chilly reception.
April 14, 2020, started out as an uneventful day for the California Highway Patrol. That was until around 1 p.m. when an officer pulled over a pickup truck for following too closely. During the routine stop, the Highway Patrol officer became suspicious when he asked the driver about the large freezer in the back. Trusting his gut feeling, the officer called for assistance. Officer Bruce of the CHP soon arrived to conduct the search, and if there was anything criminal going on, he'd sniff it out. <laughs> the German Shepherd canine officer quickly alerted his colleagues to the scent of narcotics in the truck. When the driver gave permission to search the pickup, the focus turned to the freezer. It was stacked with bags of frozen french fries, but something was off. Buried underneath the bags was $200,000 in cash. The driver was arrested and charged with possessing funds derived from the sale of narcotics. Just over two months later, Officer Bruce was called in for another vehicle search. Like the one earlier, this car was also carrying a freezer, and when they looked inside, they discovered 50 pounds of heroin. One pound of ice-cold fentanyl was also discovered. With an estimated street value of around $2 million, it's incredible to think that the most expensive thing in my freezer is the ice cube tray. Why? What's in yours? The big feature of this refrigerator is its freezer locker. It's giant freezer locker. Actually, a built-in home freezer with a capacity for 70 pounds. production of Imperative Entertainment. This episode of True was researched and written by Gemma Harris. The executive producer is Jason Hoke of Imperative Entertainment. The cover art and design were created by Jenna Sullivan. True was created and is produced by me. Have any comments or questions? Email us at podcasts at imperativeentertainment.com. I'll be back next week with another episode.
the Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.